puzzles have captured the intrigue of people for centuries. From Sudoku to jigsaw puzzles, there is something so satisfying about solving a puzzle. And there's a spiritual connection to this too. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? That's today on the podcast. Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thank you so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. Throughout the ages, people have looked for the puzzle pieces that help us solve these questions about who we are and why we're here. Understanding our spiritual journey helps us when we feel stuck and we need some answers. Today, Pastor Jason is starting a new summer series called More Than You Know, where he sets out to find some of these puzzle pieces. So let's listen in right now. Good morning, everyone. So glad you could join us for the live stream worship here this morning. If you're new, welcome. So glad that you tuned in. I'm Pastor Jason. We're so glad to worship God together. And our online ministry is going to continue, of course, way beyond when we reopen again. But I know we're all, we can't wait till we can reopen again. Just know that we're working on it, and we will do that as soon as it is safe to do that. And uh, as we get into this new sermon series for July, we're talking a little bit about identity. We're talking about why does it matter that you know who you are so that you can move forward. In this series, we're calling More Than You Know the answer to the question on everyone's mind. I want to start by asking you this. How many of you like doing puzzles? You like doing puzzles? Go back to the slide. There you go. How many of you like doing puzzles, right? Jigsaw puzzles or maybe crossword puzzles. Apparently, America loves puzzles during the pandemic. I was reading on an article on NPR that uh, sales of jigsaw puzzles have gone up 300% during the quarantine and... They can't keep up with demand because there's, uh, there's limits on what they can do to make the puzzles because of the quarantine. And so they're kind of run out of, running out of puzzles. So if you have puzzles sitting at home, I'd hit up eBay because I think you can make some cash. People are dying for puzzles. And I feel like the reason why puzzles are so fun, and not just because we're bored, but puzzles can be fun because there's something satisfying about filling in the missing answer, filling in the missing puzzle piece. And did you know that it's actually because that's how our brains are wired. Uh, So the way our brains are wired is our our brains are constantly trying to solve puzzles. There's a reason that when you complete a puzzle, it feels good. Like every time you get that missing puzzle piece or that crossword piece or that aha moment, let's say you have a creative breakthrough in your life and you get this aha moment, you get this rush, right? Do you know what causes that rush? A neurotransmitter called dopamine. Do you know what else releases dopamine? Cocaine. Yeah, so the same feeling that you get from like opioids and cocaine and alcohol and other things is what you get when your brain solves a puzzle. This is more powerful, I think, than any of us realize. Because the truth is, it's not just jigsaw puzzles, it's puzzles of our lives. During this pandemic, I'm willing to bet you had weirder, more vivid dreams. Do you know what that is? That's your brain trying to solve puzzles. And our brains will take a lot of energy trying to solve 
puzzles in our lives. So much so that our brain will make up wrong answers just to satisfy the desire to solve the puzzle. It's so, so powerful. In fact, sometimes if you have a puzzle going on in your life, or let's stick with jigsaw puzzles, if I'm working on it for a few hours and I go to bed, I swear I could see the puzzle when I shut my eyes to go to bed. Or maybe if you were playing Tetris back in the day, you could see the Tetris pieces even when you're close. Okay, maybe it was just me. But the point is your brain is still trying to solve those problems. Now there's a spiritual equivalent to this as well. It's really hard to go forward in your life. It's really hard until the, pro- until the puzzles are solved. This is true in the big picture, right? That finding meaning in your life increases physical and emotional health. Did you know that? You'll live longer. You'll generally be more happy if you feel like the life that you're living has meaning. It's a puzzle. And when you can solve that puzzle, you can actually move forward. It's really hard to move forward if you can't solve the puzzle of what's my life all about. And this really, it frames around two questions. These questions are, who am I and why am I here? Like the two basic questions of human existence. Who am I and why am I here? In other words, who am I really? Not who other people say that I am. Who am I in my heart of hearts, deep down in my core? I need to know the answer to that. And then why am I here? What's my purpose? What on earth am I here for? These are essential things I have to be able to answer because if not, I'm going to get stuck. And this is the truth. An emotional crisis of identity happens when we don't know who we are. We lack the self-confidence to move forward. Kind of like midlife crisis guy. I love midlife crisis guy, right? He's got like too many new tattoos. He's got maybe a few extra piercings he didn't have before. He's really, really into his kids' music, maybe a little too much, right? Midlife crisis guy. I love that guy. And the whole idea of the midlife crisis is you kind of are searching for your identity. You've been living this life for a certain amount of time, and you feel stuck. You feel like, I don't know who I am anymore. And what happens is it gets really hard to move forward, and you start searching anywhere you can to find that missing puzzle piece of who you are. I think the spiritual translation of this is if you don't know who God says you are, if you don't really know it in your heart of hearts and get your sense of purpose and meaning for your life, it's really hard to move forward. That's the truth with identity, isn't it? It's really hard to move forward in your life. And the thing is, identity is so important. Is If you notice, our culture is obsessed with it. You ever notice our, our culture is obsessed with identity? So much so, everything in your life is about customizing things to you. How do you like it? What's your way of doing it? I could go to Starbucks and, you know, listen, I'm not just getting a, a, a black coffee. I'm getting, you know, like the double, triple, shamalam and ding dong, and they're going to put the wrong name on the cup. But the thing is, I can customize it however I want. Even on my phone, it, it biometrically unlocks to my face. And I think what all these companies know, all the market research tells you, is that they're, they're keying on the fact that we have this identity crisis, if you will. We need to know who we are. It, it's so important for us, and, and they know it, and they're selling us goods and services that reflect that, like Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com has never been bigger. 
Because people want to find out who they are, who they've been. And I love all the stories on Ancestry.com of, like, people who got it wrong. Like, uh, what was one of the stories? Like, a guy was wearing lederhosen, and then he just found out he was something else. And he switched his whole life around. He's like, well, I abandoned this, and I started doing this. Because your identity frees you up to move forward in your sense of self, in your sense of purpose. And this is true spiritually. If you are stuck spiritually, it's really hard to move forward, especially with the big things in your life. So that's just it. When you're confused about who you are, it's hard to move forward. I think even for a lot of Christians, even during this pandemic, what's come out in this pandemic is kind of everybody's worst fears, everybody's deepest anxieties, everybody's pain points have been hit. And what happens is you can easily forget who you are, who God says you are, and start, start searching around and not knowing or trying to listen to what other people say you are. And what happens is you get stuck. It's really hard to move forward. If you don't have that piece of the puzzle. And so, as we look at uh, coming up on this scripture, so here, go back to that last slide. So, it used to be your identity was formed with how you were raised. Usually, when you're raised, like it used to be that by however you were born, determine your identity. Oh, yeah, you know, my parents own the deli, and when I get older, I'm gonna own the deli too. Like, that's, that's how it works. And that was my whole sense of identity. But now it's a little bit different. Now identity is found in a little bit of different way, right? It's you are supposed to go out and discover your identity. Go ahead to the next slide. You're supposed to go out and discover your identity or construct your true identity. And this is positive and negative, right? The positive thing is you're not trapped by your heritage. You're not trapped by who your parents say you are, for example, there's something freeing in that, but there's also something very uprooting in that too, in that you could go out in your life and experience like a, a perpetual midlife crisis, a perpetual crisis of identity where you never know who you really are, and it gets really, really hard, again, to move forward. It's like any college student will tell you. Like, when, when I was in college, uh, I remember, you know, I had this faith experience going into my sophomore year, and I didn't know what I was going to major in. And it really, I was stuck in that. Because I'm like, if I don't know what to major in, then I can't make my plans for after college. I can't think about what career I'm going to have. And until I made that first decision, I couldn't move forward. And spiritually, what happens is we get stuck. And it's impossible for us to move forward. Well, today, as we talk about this, we recognize that when you know who you are, your purpose becomes clear. And as we unpack the story of the church in Ephesus, they were experiencing an identity crisis. And this had to do with Jew and Gentile. So Jewish converts to Christianity and Gentile or Roman converts to Christianity, they were gathering in the same building, in the same house, in the same church, and saying, like, how, how can we be together? We're not even the same, you know? So, you know, God's people, we are the chosen people of God, right? Our whole life, has been about differentiating ourselves from all you heathens, right? We can't even have lunch with you because we have different rules. We have purity laws, dietary laws, and you don't even abide by those. How can you say that we could be the same? You're missing a step. We're the chosen people. You guys don't even know what you believe in. We have roots. 
You guys don't even know what your identity is. Whatever God pleases you in the moment is the one you follow. And it's a mixed match of all different ethnicities and languages and things because the Roman Empire conquered all these different peoples. And so what it, when you read books like this, you read the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, and he talks about this, you can tell what the problem is in each church he's writing to. Remember, it's a two-way conversation. They're really stuck here. It's like, we're the chosen people. And then, you know, but yeah, but you know, we're, we're the Romans. And you know, we came to Christ just like you. And there were some among the Jewish converts who said, no, 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 you're missing a step. You have to become Jewish, and then you can become Christian. And Paul was trying to figure out a way to explain to them that that's not the case. That something happened so radical when Jesus went to the cross for us that it changed our whole understanding of what it means to be a child of God. It changed everything about our identity. That the missing puzzle piece was now available to everyone in the same way. So he's trying to come up with this way of explaining it. And he uses the language of adoption. This is Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Now that's really important, right? Before the creation of the world. So he's not saying this new thing that he's doing is plan B. This was like God's like, oops, Right? Adam and Eve blew it like, oops, I, I, I guess that didn't work. No, he knew exactly how everything would go from the beginning of creation itself. Before the foundation of the world, he chose us to be in him, us people of faith, us, the royal we, all of us, Jews, Gentiles, everyone who would put their faith in Jesus. Chose in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So what's he do? He uses this language of adoption, which is such a beautiful way of understanding our identity in Christ. It's not about who we were. It's about who we are. Your identity wasn't formed for you by previous generations. Not in this way. Not spiritually. Something changed, something radical changed, and the entire thing was reset by the blood of Jesus Christ. And adoption's a great way of understanding it. And I think, for me, it means a lot because I was adopted. This is me, about the age I was adopted. I was ad adopted at 15 years old, which uh, is my daughter's age today. Happy birthday, Katie. 15 years old. And, uh, but my mom had remarried when I was five. So for 10 years, I was living this kind of dual reality. I was living as, on paper, my name was Jason Alkire. But I was living for 10 years as Jason Tucker. I, I had a new family, a new reality. I never once really thought about the old name 
I was only reminded of it on the first day of school, and I'd go to the teacher and I'd be like, look, I know on paper it says Alkire, but my last name's Tucker, and that's what I go by. And, it, you know, it's funny. Who I was on paper, who I was before five years old, uh, was different. I was living a different reality. My heritage, I was identified by my heritage, but that wasn't who I truly was. And I think in a lot of ways it's the same with us, right? Our heritage is one thing. But who we truly are is defined by Jesus Christ. Who am I and why am I here is satisfied fully and finally in Jesus Christ. And what does that do? It sets me free to move forward. I have the sense of identity. I have the self-confidence to go forward in faith with the rest of my life. It opens up my life to the infinite possibilities of God. That's what it looks like to live in the freedom of the cross the freedom of Jesus Christ, the very thing that changed my life forever. Adoption's a great way of looking at it because it's two things, right? It's, it's a legal transaction. I was re-identified with a new name. I'm different in the eyes of the law. My social security card got changed. My birth certificate was changed. Legally, I'm different in the eyes of the law than I was before. Well, this is the same with God's law, right? Under God's law, without Jesus Christ, we are condemned. But now we've been changed. That's been radically turned on its head because of Jesus. And now I'm re-identified as a child of God. And the second thing, though, it's, it's not just adoption is a legal transaction. That makes it seem really cold and impersonal. It's not just that, right? I wasn't adopted just because they wanted to, my family wanted to make it legal, they adopted, I was adopted from a place of love. Adoption is a loving transaction where I was reaffirmed as being loved and loving in return. It was both legal and loving. This is the perfect description, as Paul realizes, of understanding who we are in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you more about adoption. I was 19 years old when that final puzzle piece was put into place. I call it my second adoption. When I came to faith in Jesus, I was at a place in my life where I was truly stuck. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to move forward. And I know this is particularly true of college students trying to figure out their lives. But I don't think it stays at just college students. I think if we're not careful, we can live the rest of our lives like midlife crisis guy, right? We're constantly searching, never finding. Around every corner we think, oh, there's, that's gonna be the missing piece. I'm gonna get that better job. I'm gonna buy that better house. I'm gonna have that better relationship. I'm gonna be in better physical health. And, and we think those things are finally gonna satisfy us. And we realize they don't. And so we keep looking, keep searching. And it holds you back from being that person God created you to be. But when you're adopted in Jesus Christ, that puzzle piece comes together and you can see the picture. Your brain, your soul can stop working so hard figuring it out. And now you're free to move forward in confidence. I am who God says I am. I am his child forever. Because the truth is, when you know who you are, your purpose becomes clear. 
And I'm not just talking about maybe some time in your past when you said yes to Jesus. Or maybe here you're watching this now, you're like, I don't know if I ever did that. But maybe you feel like you have years ago, months ago, whenever that was ago, and you think, okay, well, what does that mean for me now? Well, I think every day is a new opportunity to say yes to who you are in Jesus Christ. To say, you know what? I'm noticing those old patterns coming back, those pre-adoption patterns, and I just need to say before God, no, 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 that's not who I am anymore. Because people are going to try to re-identify you, aren't they? Your own mind will do it too. Remember, your mind wants to solve puzzles that will even give you the wrong answer in order to do it. But if you remember who you are in Jesus, it changes the entire picture. When you know who you are, your purpose becomes clear. Romans 8, 17 says this. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we, we also may share in his glory. So you get it? So Jesus was the son of God by birth. We all have become sons and daughters of God by rebirth, by adoption. And we share in the inheritance of our new family. What's that inheritance? Forever in relationship with God. Here's the problem, though. Knowing your identity is one thing. Believing it's something else. I can ignore the truth of my identity pretty effectively. I cannot believe I am who God says I am, and it'll have the same result as if I didn't know it in the first place. So how do you exercise that muscle of reaffirming who you are in Jesus? I think it comes back to a foundational call that Jesus gives us when he says, follow me. Follow me. Today, what does that look like for you? To take a step Say, all right, I'm going to follow you today. I think during this pandemic and during most people's lives often, people ask, you know, does God, is God there? Does he really care? Oh, yeah. He loves you deeply and completely. But he wants you to know it, and then he wants you to live it. Does God love me? Do I have a purpose? For this earth, does God really care? Yeah, more than you know.